welcome, welcome, welcome to The Sigma Show, episode 78. Uh, hey everybody, I'm your host Sigma. Um, before I let you know who's joining me today, real quick we'll go over what our topics will be for this week. Uh, first up, breaking news. Uh, apparently Rockstar Games has been uh, hacked uh, and apparently some, some video and details have leaked or been leaked, I should say, about some of the stuff in GTA 6, like actual video, which does seem to to be real. Uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, kind of, I guess, the nature of a company being hacked and I guess some of those GTA 6 details as well. Um, followed by that, uh, we recently learned that uh, Bonnie Ross, the lead for 343 Industries and Halo, has essentially left the company. We'll talk about whether that's a good or bad thing. Um, and finally, um, this is a topic that we've had kind of circulating in the background for a while now. Um, basically, the virtual influencer is a thing that companies are trying out. It exists in some instances. Um, and we, we want to kind of just discuss what that could mean. Like, what are maybe some of the pros and cons of such a concept? And maybe what kind of impact this sort of thing can have on society as a whole. And here to talk to me about these topics today are Superman Jeff. Yep, yep. <laughs> your, your voice breaking? Yeah, <laughs> uh, right uh, got me. Caught me off guard. Uh, as well as Yokina Cat. Hey y'all! I had to do that for Blue. That's that's how I have to introduce myself as the Hey y'all. So Hey y'all. As like the the a Sandy Cheeks esque Texan. That's <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Actually, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Uh, King's Dead Forty Two in the chat. I see you says GTA Six might actually exist in some form with big question marks. Um, yeah, like it's it's real. It's just gonna take a while, probably. But we'll we'll get into that. Um, that'll be our first topic. We'll get into that after we update one another on, I guess, what we've been watching, what we've been playing. Um, I've only been watching one thing and playing one thing, so I can go first if you guys uh, need a little more time or have longer lists that you want to get through. Is that okay? Yeah, you can go. Go ahead, man. Do your thing. Um, all right. So I I know I've been beating this drum for weeks now, probably like the entirety of this past month or two. But Rise of TMNT, <laughs> like this this freaking Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles cartoon show, is honestly one of the best animated shows I've seen in like a very long time. Like the, the last like really super high quality, well written show uh, that I spent time watching was Infinity Train because all that was on HBO Max. It's, it's you know it's Cartoon Network fare, so it's in the same boat as like you know Gumball, Adventure Time, uh, stuff like that. But it was super well written. Like it told super engaging stories about like kids coming of age and whatnot. And Ninja Turtles kind of wasn't that. Like it's definitely more of an action show. Right. But good God, is it an action show? Like respect. I keep I keep harp I keep harping about the fact that like the animation on that show is so high quality. Like I'm I'm my mind is legit blown that Nickelodeon still has artists who are capable of replicating that sort of style because it is straight up studio trigger level animation and, and like you can see references everywhere especially in the because i just finished season three the finale is phenomenal for one but like there's references all over the place to like studio trigger type aesthetics like you know like trigger will do the thing where like there's a big explosion but you'll see like a bunch of like kind Smaller of starry going shines yeah, yeah but it's like it's like you'll get like a bunch of little flashes that are like um x-shaped or whatnot right and like the the ground, the, the cubism, like the whole ground and everything around it, just turn into a bunch of blocks and stuff. And then the drills, like like Gurren Lagann, like everything is a drill or or drills are just prominently featured in some way. Like all of that are clear hallmarks 
tying back to Studio Trigger. So, like, you, you can tell, like, this is where these guys, you know, got most of this inspiration from. Um, but, like, m- most of all, like, the, the writing on the show is good. Like, I like it. Um, it like it wasn't like it wasn't like you know blowing my mind or anything, but they legitimately at the end tied almost everything that was going on in the show into such a neat package, and then threw in all of the fan service that if you were like a hater of like what this show decided to change or go with in terms of like you know new weapons, uh, new characters, new situations, if you were like on the fence about any of that, the last episode. Shuts you up completely because from the beginning, they're telling you it's an origin story. The show ends where you believe Ninja Turtles should be when they're the Ninja Turtles. Right. 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 Like that's how they get there. And like everything before then is tied into it so well. Like I, I legitimately cry guys. Like my tears came to my eyes. Oh man. When like they were taught, like they were going over, they were going on about like family and heritage and like, cause like. They, they do so much to, like, flesh out every single character in that show. Like, you know stuff about Splinter and his origin, mm-hmm. but they, they give him a completely different one. But it, it's meaningful in the context of this story, and then they tie that into the stuff you already knew. So, like, they make it all make sense. They make it better than anything you probably already knew from other animated stuff. Like, I can't speak to, like, the graphic novels or comic books or whatnot, mm-hmm. but any other, you know, TV show, movie animated thing that um you've kind of learned the ninja turtle story from because that's how i've learned it all um the end of this show ties everything that came before it into that in such a neat bow like i absolutely loved it like this is this is like a top ranked show for me right now um and the only thing left for me to watch is the movie that came out on nickelodeon and i'm sorry on netflix yeah netflix yeah um that, I, at that that's just more of that time too. Is more of it, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they get a higher budget, they can kind of be a little more uh, gritty, I guess. Not that mm-hmm. that's always a good thing, but you know, they have a little bit more leeway in terms of like uh, subject matter, I guess. But um, I, I can't, I can't say that um, because because before I knew that the show actually concluded, like I had it in my mind that they just stopped doing it, like it, it basically oh, ended yeah. or got canceled. But no, like season three kind of gives it an ending. Where'd you find season three at? Uh, it's actually on Amazon Prime, really. Enough. Okay. But that could have been a thing where they knew they weren't going to get a fourth season. So they kind of. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like, it was like, hey, let's let's put these guys in a place where this could be the end, but it's still open for interpretation, which is like, you know, perfect. So like, they, they literally could make more if they wanted. It, they probably wouldn't need. They probably wouldn't call it Rise anymore, though. Because right. at this. They, they've already <laughs> and, like, They kind of rose. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but like, honestly, if. Like the movie's gonna be great. I already know. Like I'll watch it. I'll be. I'll. I'll love it. But if they decided to not do any more, I think I'd be fine with that, because like they they really ended it in like in a place where it's like this is okay. This is cool. So like for for like what it is, it's such it's such a beautifully done perfect pack. Like I absolutely love it. Watch it if you've not watched it. Please and thank you. It was really good. I watched um, the movie. I watched the show, and then I watched the movie, and then the movie was. Like so, so, so good. Like, like same some of the same stuff you mentioned from the that third season. Some of the you get some of those hints from the movie and stuff like that. So it was it was mm-hmm. really good. It was really good. Uh, so uh, outside of that, that's pretty much all I've been like watching. Um, I've been playing, or I reviewed rather, a game called Temtem. Uh, if you're not familiar. It's been in early access for a long time. It was a big Kickstarter project, and it's essentially a Pokemon clone. But these guys wanted to turn Pokemon, or the concept of Pokemon, into an open-world uh, MMO. 
So it has all of these um, MMO-like features, like uh, like there's I mean there's co-op throughout the whole campaign. You can uh, trade at any time because you know it's always online. Uh, once you reach the end game, you can do all this you know extra breeding stuff. There's competitive rules and whatnot. Like so, like if you're like a hardcore Pokemon fan and you've been missing like the the sort of like online features that Nintendo seems adamant about ignoring all the time. Like mm-hmm. this game was supposed to be addressing all of that stuff. Um, and in my playthrough with it, um, Ash Redux, who's a friend of the podcast, regular guest, he actually helped me go through a lot of co-op stuff. Um, it's very, very similar to the point where like I, I kind of didn't see a reason for this game to exist oh. because the the online elements that are added are are very bare bones. Like, like if you're gonna do co-op, for example, it's it's not a situation where you're you're both kind of just in the world and can link up and see like you don't pick servers or anything like everything's instanced and you have to basically invite someone to your party for you to actually see them you have to be literally standing in if if not the same room then just on the same exact screen before the game says that you're close enough to actually enter the other person's game so once once you're in each other's game you can only progress as far as the person who's who has not progressed uh the, the most is that proper english no no yeah no yeah whoever has the like, least amount of progress that that's right. whose whose story you follow yeah that's whose story you're in like regardless of what story you want to do where you want to be you can only go as far as the least for the least progress person and so we, that essentially the weakest means, link got it essentially yes so that essentially means that um if you have been playing like a bunch and then you want to get a friend into it you kind of just have to start at the beginning with that friend and anytime you want to play together, you have to be in the exact same point in the story. Otherwise, you're just going to be replaying content. And and at worst, like you're replaying content and splitting the XP gains with that person. I don't know if this is something that they fixed, but like whatever experience you would get from those like story related battles, you're just splitting that in half with whoever's helping you right. now, so- as opposed to. So like it could actually hurt you in the long run if you spend a lot of time <laughs> doing that and splitting all your XP. Um, but I mean, outside of that. Everything else is pretty mediocre. Like the the battling system, they they have put a few tweaks on it to make it slightly more interesting than Pokemon. At least the the last Pokemon that I played, which was a uh, Sword and Shield. <clears throat> and um, outside of that, there's just nothing to define it. Nothing to really make it its own thing. And like, I just I just don't see a reason why. If you don't, if you're not beholden to all the rules and regulations and the expectations of the actual Pokemon fan base, why would you make something that is literally the same thing that they that they've been playing over and over? Right. I mean, monetarily, probably because they'll they'll love it and they'll buy it because Pokemon fans are very adamant about the kind of game that they want and they buy it every single year. So clearly they like it. But um, I don't know. I got my hopes up, I guess, a little bit that this might be something different in that um, genre. And it just wasn't. Like it's it's very much just the same thing over and over again. Still, so I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get um this 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 actual Pokemon MMO that seems to be the thing of dreams or legends or whatever. Right. Because when I watched the review for it, it was like, oh, okay. It looked like it wanted to do some things. It just didn't execute on those things. Well, that's the thing. I think they did execute on what they wanted to do. It's just that this is what they wanted to do. Like, oh, they wanted okay. to make Pokemon. Like, that's that's the vibe I got. So. Like, they were like, oh, we love Pokemon, but I wish 
I wish the the competitive thing did this. I wish oh. uh, the battle system had that. I like it's like just the tiniest of a tweak, and they made an entire game and constructed their own 164 uh, monsters in order to make the tiniest adjustments imaginable to a formula. So like I just I just I personally don't think it's worth it. But I don't know. I'm not. I guess I'm not the core demographic for that sort of thing. Jeff, you're a much bigger Pokemon fan than me. Like did did after you watched the review like. Did you still feel like, oh, well, no, like this is, they're at least doing stuff that you're into that you would want to check out? Or is like, is Pokemon enough? Uh, my issue with it was the rock, paper, scissor dynamic because I've seen that so much in like uh, mobile games with uh, like the Fire Emblem one where it was like Axe beats Lance and then Lance beats Sword. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, that's, that is just Fire Emblem and that's also Pokemon. Like, that's that's the simplified oh. version of it, but like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. nuance thrown on top of it. To the very to the very like bare bones, like that's Pokemon. Like mm-hmm. um and also like the uh, some of the some of the Tim Tim looked okay. Some of them uh-huh. looked, looked a little janky. So <laughs> whatever, you know, <laughs> Pokemon's hit or miss, but you know, that's when they started getting like up until like the 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 four hundreds five hundreds you know like unknown yeah girl, yeah stuff like that like um no it could be different if I play it but like you know um it just wasn't like oh yeah I want to play this especially with a new Pokemon game coming out in um, November it wasn't like oh yeah I should go and try that it was just like oh yeah that's a game it's it exists looks so looks okay you know don't know if I'll ever try it but you know great right like because because again I. I don't think it's doing enough. Like right. if if you if you're already a Pokemon fan, you're excited for the next Pokemon game, which does seem to be trying to expand a little bit more on online stuff. Like mm-hmm. so, it's like Temtem is even a little late to the party in that regard. Like what like what is the real draw for this? And it's it's the hardcoreness of your fandom is mm-hmm. what it is. Like because yeah. it does have a lot. Like there are a lot of people playing. Like the, this game is already out. Um, it's been in early access for like two in some change years anyway so like there were people who had already paid money to be playing for it while it was still finishing right. development like it just hit 1.0 last month or the beginning of this month mm. so like so yeah it, it has a fan base it has its niche already but i don't know they're like i don't know how long it'll last unless well it is supposed to be an mmo so it'll be a live service thing unless they're doing more than just updating the number of uh temtem and like locations which is what pokemon already does like i I don't see it hanging around especially after pokemon releases its its next game right Uh, hopefully with like if it does release some more stuff like it does like make the battles look more dynamic than they do look like the looks very again that's also copy from like and, and, and again tiny tweak like Pokemon got a little lazy in Sword and Shield in terms of like enemies just like kind of hopping like stuffed animals towards each other, <laughs> whatever. Like Tem Temtem doesn't do that much better, but at the very least, like the attacks do have animations that are pretty bombastic. But like wow. they they still hang out on their side of the screen, for example, you know, and then just throw kicks or whatever to the other side without actually going over there and kicking something. Well, see, so, like, Sword and Shield very similar. Sword and Shield does have them connect. Like you'll actually see them land a move. Like they don't. Yeah, some, yeah sometimes. Uh, no, most moves that require like any type of like physical. Um, did they, did that change? It was like that in Sword and Shield. Like I remember landing like a darkest, a darkest lariat, <laughs> and I had to actually go. You see me actually go and hit the thing with the with the lariat, kinda. Not you don't see the thing. Yeah. Who? 
because I, I had uh, whatever the flame bunny is as my starter, and he's got that double kick or whatever. It's his main move that I used over and over again. He stands in this position, <laughs> he throws a kick, and then you just see like a foot uh, impact thing on the other side of the screen. Like Maybe your Pokemon was just lazy. Maybe that was just yours. I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, just just my Pokemon. Exactly. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it for me. Um, Jeff, did you want to jump in, or Yokina Cat, you have some stuff you want to get off? I can go first. Uh, Thank you. Um, I don't really have much, so it's just a few things. Um, I have been watching the new Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. Rings of Power. Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. And y'all know that I don't really watch TV, so, but obviously I had to come out for, I had to start something new for that because I'm just a huge Tolkien fan. So, um, I think it's really, really good. Um, obviously y'all have obviously seen all the all the controversy Movies? online or I'm oh, just talking about like the yeah. controversy online about having, you know, real, you know, people of color as fictional characters. Um, oh yeah. Having, yeah. you know, an issue with it. So I think it's a really, a really, I like it. I know a lot of people are um, <clears throat> complaining kind of like of the choppiness of the story writing, um, which I can see, um, but I'm just enjoying it for what it is. And I think they're doing a, a really great job so that's um what i've been watching playing i have not really been playing anything because i started my new job this week so oh congrats. um thank you yeah so it's uh that's been taking up i go to i get home by like 5 36 and i'm like knocked out by like eight o'clock so um <laughs> so i haven't really been playing anything i have been trying to you know make my way through apex legends ranked but i'm not really feeling this season um I've been hearing that a lot, actually. Like, yeah. What what, what kind of happened that uh, is making it not feel worth it? The battle pass this season, it it wasn't really anything that like, you wanted. That I wanted. So, um, I haven't bought battle pass for like the last three seasons. Um, but then it just, I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain Sigma when I don't really feel like an Apex Legends season. It's like okay, the battle pass. Let's see what's on the battle pass, and then when the content isn't really like okay that's kind of just one of the factors but the gameplay this season is just it just feels off i don't know how other how i can other explain it then it just doesn't feel like i don't really feel motivated to play if that makes any sense I can see that. yeah so mm. i'm trying to like, make sense is, i'm is sorry it feeling like maybe like stale like the, yes. the new stuff that's added doesn't yeah. really feel Mm-mm. like okay but i have been trying to make my way through ranked um i'm currently stuck on silver two silver two and okay. but it's but we're, we're about to go back to split rank so it's gonna reset us again so um other than that obviously tekken i've been yeah. making my way through rank tekken that's like the, the two staple games um i'm just really excited to start talking about one of your topics so i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave, leave <laughs> well i mean but just before that like you did you see tekken 8 was it oh yes okay sorry <laughs> how could i forget oh my god um i saw the the game, I guess it's kind of like gameplay. It was. They say it's game, in engine. Yeah, engine. But uh, apparently it's from uh, like a story cutscene, they're saying, but it's in game engine. So I am really, really excited. The only issue is, is I do not have a PS5. So if anyone out there would like to uh, contribute to Cat's PS5 fun. Um, <laughs> hashtag get Cat a PS5. Yeah, hashtag get Cat a PS5, right? No, um, it looks beautiful what they have shown so far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I saw a, you know, like that tier, that tier builder list um, that people could go in and like tier stuff. Someone built mm-hmm. a tier list for Tekken 8 about, I guess, characters that are confirmed and characters that are not. Okay. My main is confirmed, apparently. So I am, oh, I'm okay. You'll, yeah. You'll be all set. Ling Zhao Yu. That's my main. So um, I'm really excited. It looks great. I'm excited to see. I wonder if they'll do something like um, when Soul Calibur... Six came out. They were doing mm-hmm. character re- or like when Mortal Kombat 11 came out. You know how like they were doing like character reveals. So she like the character and then like some gameplay of the character. I wonder mm-hmm. if they'll do the same for Tekken. They'll show you like even oh, though they're okay. original characters, they'll show you the character and they'll show you like their speci- like moves specific to them, their rage arts, okay. which is like a super yeah. move, stuff like that. So um, I'm really curious to see. Um, what they do with that one but yeah other than that i haven't it's been a it's been a pretty slow week a couple weeks for me in the world of gaming and movies and stuff like that so i mean it, it happens it we're about to get a, a diluge of content though let's go <laughs> you can only hope um jeff how about you oh man uh i haven't played much i've been playing some cyberpunk 2077 um that edge runners uh update right yeah so like i left off a while ago i think not because it was born or anything just because it was like oh it was good but i'm like i don't want to beat it yet so i kind of waited when to save it a little bit and i guess i waited it's a good time too to go back because they added a ton of stuff on weapons Mm -hmm. um uh gear uh up fix i didn't really experience many bugs when i played but also i was on current gen so i know a lot a lot of the bugs were on last gen um, they had like more crowd interaction with just like regular NPCs and stuff like that. And it's been really fun, especially watching uh, Edge Runner while during the same time of watch, of um, playing the game. It's been very good because mm-hmm. there's like a lot of stuff that goes on in the actual anime that they that comes right over from the game. Like they like so the same mods and stuff you can use in a game. The weapons are in the game, um, stuff like that. So it's it's more immersive in that world. And I think the the anime does a great job of capturing even some stuff the game doesn't as far as being able to pull you in with like certain characters and stuff like that. So um Okay. It's been very good so far. I almost finished it like in like one sitting I had to like, oh stop. It's like, okay, I'll save these three and watch those another time. I don't want to kind of finish it off. Um how, how long is the uh, the anime? How many episodes is it? Ten. Just ten, okay. Mm-hmm. Ten episodes. And is it is it like a is it like a one and done type thing, or is it set up for additional? Additional could go on. Now it doesn't mean it doesn't. It has to follow that character. It could just follow another set of characters. It could just be like more stories. Yeah. Around. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, because you do see some of the characters from the game, but they're not involved in the 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 anime. You just might see them passing by, like Rogue. Like you see her passing by in one of the okay in um one of the clubs or something like that. But like they're not involved. Involved. Um, some of the same organizations like the corporals and stuff are involved. So that's obviously because that's kind of who runs Night City and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. Definitely been spending a lot of time doing that, which means I haven't been getting a lot of time in the other stuff that I should be playing, like Destiny Two and um, Multiverses. I think I'm good on. I think I've reached a level of skill to where I could take some time off. So, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, <laughs> watching wise, I've been watching some more. Uh, Rings of Power, that's been really good. Like Kat said, that's been really, really good. I've been enjoying that. I was a little worried about it because it was going to be kind of like um, 
lore adjacent because they didn't own the rights to everything. So they can tell some stories like adjacent to stuff or tell them, but not exactly the same way, which is fine. It's been working really good so far. I think there hasn't been an episode where I was disappointed. I think it's done very well. Um, I do love the character. One of my favorite characters is the female dwarf. I think her name is Dahlia, who is uh, the wife of one of the, of Doran. That's one of my favorite characters. She's been awesome. Um, yeah, don't want to go in too much, but like, it's been very, very good. Even lore wise, it's had some, some lords told about stuff, but like, mm-hmm. I, um, I love the characters, the character representation. I love the, the actors, the way they portray the characters. Um, this is one of the first times, well, actually the first time in any Lord of the Rings, you know, cinematic medium, whether it's TV show, well, there's never been a TV show, but, uh, movie wise that we see female doors and that's been really cool. So, um, for me, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. No, go ahead. Um, shoot, shoot. For me, like, I feel like even, even though Peter Jackson directed the Hobbit, I feel like the rings of power kind of gives me the same feel of like the fellowship of the ring, the two towers, mm-hmm. um, return of the King. I get like that more vibe from rings of power than I did when I, when I watched the Hobbit. Um, so um, that's, I guess, why I really, really, that's why I guess I'm enjoying it more than I did The Hobbit. Um, I mean, I've read all the books, but right. um, I think as far as seeing it like on screen, I've enjoyed Rings of Power more than I did The Hobbit. And just the way that it's being, I guess, the story is being told. Um, if that makes any sense, I'm sorry. My no, no, no. This morning. no. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I felt like The Hobbit was good, but I felt like there was a lot of the world, it kind of didn't include you know what i'm saying and if that makes any sense um this is a real good uh john Billy wombly said the last episode was had a little bit too much pad i agree i felt that episode they kind of just stretched things for that last episode um do the female doors have beards (laughs) um that's the important little (laughs) question says king's dead you could say some do okay um but like uh, I, I agree with you. Like he gives me those same feels as uh, the the trilogy, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I can't wait to watch. Or you know those moments like when you get like Helms Deep, or uh, being able to see like the Mines of Moria before they got like became yeah. what they became, like stuff like that. It's been really really cool, and I do love. Um, I don't want to say anything about, but like. It touches on all those things we haven't been able to touch on before, like you know, new, you know, different like ancient races of men and uh, elves and that whole beginning of area. Like the Lord of Rings took place in the Third Age. This is more like this is thousands of years before right. Lord of the Rings. Like so, like the trilogy. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of doing Dang. like a um, Star Wars way, how they basically are telling all the stories before, right? Um, you know, the ones that were the 70s, yeah. Star Wars yeah. was first um, released back in the 70s. So, like, yeah, yeah. they're basically st- telling the prequel. Is it called the prequels? Like, the, what's yeah. happened before? Yeah. So, um, it's I, I'm really enjoying it, and it's it's been great. And um, a lot of people that weren't, I guess, interested in it before are getting interested in it now. Right. So, it's right. really, really, really cool to see people ask questions or share stuff on Facebook or, you know, 
you could ask me anything about Lord of the Rings, and I probably or Tolkien, because he's written so many. He's written so many other things. Um, right. But The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings is what he's most famous for. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But he's a really, really great writer. He's probably yeah. one of my favorite writers. So yeah, he's built such a, a fantastic world, and uh, he has. Yeah. I mean, I even have a Lord of the Rings tattoo, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge. I guess one thing I would say I was really passionate about Wait, is, is. Is it the One Ring though? Is it the pressure? No, it's actually Elvish. So, <laughs> okay. um, J.R.R. Tolkien actually created the Elvish, the Elvish language. Um, mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. actually a website that has tr- tr- translations. So, so people oh, actually okay. translate the Elvish language. So I went out. This was years ago, back in like 2015, I think I got it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just stay strong in Elvish and Elvish writing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, It wasn't anything crazy. In chat says, I thought you said Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) Elvis. Uh Oh no, El Elvish. I'm sorry. Please excuse me. I talk. Uh I talk a little fast sometimes. So yeah, it's it's a. I just love. I guess I would say, I stand for Tolkien writing like people stand for Dragon Ball Z. Is that a good comparison? I, I guess I don't really. Maybe. I don't really. I, don't, I enjoy Dragon Ball Z. Certain instances of not, it. Not, maybe not you I'm and not Sigma, understand. but like in the compare the comparison, like okay, like what, what? Like at first I was like, eh, I don't know, but then when thinking about it, like the toxicity that exists in the in the can he beat Goku though discourse <laughs> is very similar. To kind of just the oh is it is it Tolkien accurate is blah, well like, I, yes, I won't it, I won't same. I'll say so for me I won't necessarily say that like if I see something you know it's it's called an adaptation for a reason it's not not always going to be exactly like the writing or it's not always going to, mm-hmm. obviously what's written on paper won't always convey the same when you see it on screen so true um true. I think that I'm a huge fan and I'm a huge fan of his literature but I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh well. Gollum was actually had four strands of hair and not, you know, 16 like he had on the movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not extreme. Yeah. I'm not critical. I just I'm a really big fan of his writing. One thing I will say that I was like super defensive about was about how people were like, well, elves, you know, hobbits can't be, you know, black. They have, you know, in this in this time period, X, Y, Z. Right. So Tolkien actually describes there's, you know, there's three different types of halflings. So Harfoots mm. that are in the Rings of Power. Right. Exactly. Um, like pretty- Harfoots. They're before, like, you know, Frodo and Sam and Mary. And Tolkien actually describes them in his literature as being brown of browner skin than other hobbits. So they were true to his literature. They were true yeah. to his writing of them being of browner skin. So um Bilbo was half black, you know what I'm saying? He didn't know that. <laughs> Did, you, did y'all see his mama? <laughs> y'all see. <laughs> so it's um stuff like that. I will, it's just that's just pure ignorance, in my opinion. Right, like it, right. yeah, that's all it is. They're just showing that what it is that they actually care about isn't exactly. more accuracy. Right. It's right. And, it's being a you jerk know, and if you online. if you really know what uh, Tolkien, like he would be so disappointed, and you know, those aren't true Tolkien fans because he created a, a whole fantasy world for a reason. And and funny enough, he created this during it was like right before World War II, during World War Two, and mm-hmm. um. When he released Lord of the Rings, the Nazi party actually wanted to publish it in German. Oh, wow. So they uh, they wrote him a letter asking if he can publish it, but they wanted him to confirm that he was of Aryan blood, that he didn't have any Jewish blood in him. So he responded with a letter saying, unfortunately, I do not have that, you know, that creative race's blood, like, flowing through me, essentially. 
And then he called, mm. he proceeded to call Hitler a little ruddy ignoramus per that's like what he wrote in the letter. So, Ooh. I mean, if people understood the reason why Tolkien created this world, I think watch the movie. They have the, his movies. Yes. Is, it's, is out he and is, about. but I digress. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take over your little, so, no, 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 you're good. So it's you're just, good. I guess I would say one thing I am really passionate about when it comes to being a fan of anything would definitely be Tolkien's writing. For sure. I will have a caveat to something we spoke about was the three movies. I will say the three movies didn't help to change that. While the three movies were good, there was not a black person in any of those movies at all. Yes. And and right. that's that's a Hollywood cinema bias right. that has gone on forever as right. well. So it's like even if you are adapting something that has like not that even sort of like the crazy it, yes like Hollywood will still make the same right. kind of mistakes that they always make. As much as I love the movies and I think that Peter Jackson did an amazing job, mm-hmm. I just have a few questions for that casting director. Like you couldn't even put like there was no black elves that have all the elves. Not, e- not, e- not even <laughs> like back not even like background extras. Like right. you don't see mm-hmm. like someone walking that's maybe in one fourth of a frame that's in the corner. That you barely see, like there was nobody. No, you tell me they, they got black people in Asgard, but they ain't got no no black people in Middle Earth. It just don't check out to me. <laughs> like it, for me, it's just you know, it, but it's 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 crazy, and I'm excited to see that you know, like for example, the whole aerial situation. Like it's just it's just really interesting to see how well, not even necessarily interesting, but sh- people showing their their thoughts, they're showing themselves through all of this, right. and it's. Right. But the show yeah, is like doing her. a great job of inclusion and the characters they are inclusion are really good. But we've seen this backlash with like um oh my god, uh I was about to call her Nadia. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I can't think of the name is is destroying my head right now. So Star Wars, um Reva. We saw the backlash of Reva right, 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 right. to where, you know, God forbid, you start interjecting some some hints of color in different spots and people start losing their mind. Um, to me... Matter of fact, yeah, the... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, to me, the character should be judged based off of the acting material. Should have nothing to do with the color of their skin. You know what I'm saying? So that's my biggest thing is like people, oh, well, it's not culturally accurate. Like, I'm sorry, what? Like, were you there? Were you around at the time <laughs> that this took place? Like, come on, like, cut it out. I- I just think it's interesting that's like, you know, oh, you know, it's a, like, for example, let's see, in your chat, Sigma, he said, King Dead said, also don't expect an English born in the 1800s to be, actually, Tolkien was from Germany, and he moved to England, his parents moved to England. But I digress. Um, (laughs) World War II, uh, he would have served with people of color, too, during the... uh, like you mean but, to but tell yeah, me? And King's that the uh, the the point that Cat was making was that the the words in the book and the lore actually do support the right. diversity. It just wasn't depicted in like the first adaptations of it to like right. you know film and screen. So it's I think it's really interesting. Like people say, oh, it's not you know culturally or historically accurate. You're talking about a fantasy world that has over 144 races of elves, three different mm-hmm. types of halflings. Talking trees, mm, talk about some it. some big eye in the sky called Sauron, orcs, mm-hmm. Gandalf's race because Gandalf's is he's a he- a Hayar. I always pronounce it incorrectly. His race yeah. of the the wizards, but mm-hmm. you're telling me that there isn't one person of like color, that, like uh, like 
out of brown, all brown black skin what it, what it, is what yeah, pulls well, you out well, of the fantasy well, like that's like, that's the thing so out of a hundred hundred out of a hundred oh, that's too far I, I can't deal with this out of 144 <laughs> races of elves you're telling me that one class of those was, was black dark yeah. was black uh-huh. okay. so the, the Valar are mad no no imagination they just copied and pasted everybody <laughs> But I think it's, I think it's, um, you know, people are thinking, well, they're just t- trying to be woke now, or they're just trying to be, maybe they're not, they're just trying to build a more diverse world. Like, and, and, and yeah, that's the thing. Even if, even if the, and we're not talking about Tolkien here, but just in general, right? Even if the original works were of this, that, and the third in terms of representation, right? I'm even if that's the case. It is 2022. Right. Like it's the, these are, these are humans. Humans have bias. Right. You can change things for the better going forward. You can learn new things and you can do better than everyone that came before you. Like depicting different cultures in traditional uh, stories and media is a good thing because it should have been that way in the first place. Like let's be real. It should have it should have started that way. Just because it didn't doesn't all of a sudden mean it's now exempt from you know uh, critique or those same kind of observations now in the present time. Like that's that's all that's happening. Right. So the fact that and so again and the, anyone who has a problem with that, anyone who takes issue with the fact that oh this has changed and it's, it always points to like race or gender or something like that, it's because they're racist. It's because they're a bigot. Right. Like they absolutely. Yeah, they're 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 some form of asshole in in all honesty. And I, like, and I think that's that's all there is to it. So, for example, I'm, I know we got. I'm sorry, I don't mean to, you know, kick the can down the road, but like, I think that's the reason why I appreciate. If anyone's played Tekken Seven before, there's Tekken Seven probably has like one of the biggest rosters for characters on a game. Um, mm-hmm. And if you've ever played through story mode, or if you just play with the characters, they really do put a lot of detail into where their characters come from. So, for example, you have characters from, like, Brazil or from Spain or mm-hmm. from Portugal or other places. They actually speak their native language. Like, the voice actors are actually speaking the language of where the country they're from. So, like, during, sto- oh, nice. like during story mode, you'll have... Um, there's one character... I forgot his name. He's a character from Spain. And he's speaking Spanish to a character from China, but they're responding in Chinese. So, it's, like, in... In game, it's like it's assumed that they understand each other's languages, but they're speaking their own native language to each other. So it's really, really like the the care that has gone into the character creations or the the representation of the characters in Tekken. I think that's why I really, really like it because it's like you know yeah, a lot really in a lot of games you just have everyone speaks Japanese or everyone speaks English because that's where the two countries were, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really awesome to see that they all just speak their own language to each other, but then they understand each other and they respond mm-hmm. in their own language. So um, take notes of their games. Right. right. Absolutely. Anyways. Anywho. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So that was fun. It was a nice cool. little tangent. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go right. ahead and dive into our three topics. First up um, is this, and this is this just broke like seven hours ago, PC gamer uh, reported on this, this leak and we'll say leak because that's the word that's been going around. But um, apparently, uh, Rockstar Games' Slack messages were like hacked. So like someone got into like the company's Ooh. like work portal and like pulled no, a bunch did of they, like, media and content. Did they? I mean, I, this this person is like uh, they've been known to do this before. Like this this isn't like the first time for this person. Their name's in the article. I can't remember what their name is. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I encourage you look it up. 
Um, but yeah, uh, over an hour of footage has been dumped on YouTube, kind of just showing like very rough looking like testing. Like there's like characters walking around. There's like a little bits of dialogue. Um, and like a lot of the other stuff that was leaked earlier appear to have been confirmed. The fact that there might be uh, a duo of characters, a male and a female, uh, it's kind of going for a Bonnie and Clyde sort of vibe. Like there's a, a scene in the leaked footage that show them a uh, Pulp Fiction style kind of like holding up a restaurant. Um, there's uh, like there's like debug menus and like overlays and stuff on the screen that 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 basically show you like this is. This is early in development stuff, like pre, like alpha, pre pre alpha stuff. Um, there's like a PS4 dev kit. It seems like they're being used. So like this is this is clearly running on like you know the GTA 5 engine. Okay. Um, and you know they're just they're testing stuff. Like I, I doubt anything looks fine. Like in terms of like character faces, voices. Like I'm sure this is all just very, uh, very early yeah. stuff. But even from what was shown, in terms of like uh like content like I, I for the first time i got a little excited about like a gta 6 and in terms of like its story mode and whatnot because i was a really big fan of the story in five um and like just like how uh the uh the two i don't know why i'm blanking on their names but the two brothers basically saying like oh like it's so it's going to be so difficult to parody something else from the U.S. because of how ridiculous the U.S. has actually become, mm-hmm. like which is what their their claim to fame is, like the fact that if they tell like a more grounded story that's just kind of like a Breaking Bad or uh, you know other kind of FX drama type crime story, like I think they could actually pull that off very well, like because they they're really good at that and like they've been increasingly getting good at just telling a straight up kind of crime drama. All right, we see so, like, mafia this, do that as well, where you tell right. a gritty you know story it doesn't have to be so exaggerated to 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 sell uh king's dead 42 says jason schreier thinks it's real if that means anything um yeah jason, jason schreier he he tends to have a lot of inside tracks um but uh yeah more than jason like a couple of people have basically spoken to the fact that it does look valid of course rockstar has not commented on it they don't want it out there um but i haven't heard them hit any any of these YouTube channels with like take takedown notices yet, which is basically a confirmation. Like yes, that, if I if I tell sure. you, hey, take this down, then that's basically me telling you that it's my content and that right. right. It but was- it exactly so like it could be the case that they they maybe still want to leave that level of ambiguity out there because this this stuff is probably several years old at this point. Like it's probably not whatever they're working on today, right? So like maybe they feel fine to kind of like, oh damn, they they got that, but at the very least it's not this, and so like let them let them do whatever because they've they, Rockstar has literally said nothing, like they've announced no actual details as far as I'm aware. And then like so everything's been speculated and leaked so far. And I think sometimes when I see stuff like this, like oh something so and so was leaked or someone hacked into this, and I kind of feel like sometimes depending on what the content in content is. The company mm-hmm. or the developer, they'll allow it to happen to create some type of Buzz, yeah. con- conversation or like maybe not to this, this extent, Sigma, but like. Uh-huh. But like, it, in, like in general, you think like it might be a marketing strategy in some cases? Well, maybe not necessarily a marketing <laughs> strategy. Like I think some some are like I think some are leaked. But I think in this case, maybe this wasn't the intention. But like you said, since it isn't something necessarily that they're ta- they're working on now or it isn't something that reflects what may actually be in GTA 6, 
that's why they haven't really hit anyone with any takedown notices because it's creating some mm-hmm. type of conversation about GTA Six. Um, if I'm making any sense, like, oh, it's no, that that makes sense. It's like okay, I would... I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's not it's not enough to give away what they're working on, like actually working on now. So we'll just let it float out there and create some type of conversation about it and get people interested in it. I mean, people are going to buy it regardless. I mean, it's GTA. But, yeah, and I feel like because but, yeah, because of that, because it's GTA, I. That's why I feel like it's not something that Rockstar would like. They they don't care if people are talking about it now because they know someone. Or, yeah, they know. Like, yeah, yeah. they know once they yeah. have something to say, mm-hmm. everyone's going to be talking about it. Like yeah. they, they don't have to push <laughs> that far to kind of get word of mouth to, to spread. So I don't know. Like in, I'm just like, how how do you guys feel about like leaks in general? Like even outside of. Um, this particular instance, but just the the act of uh, data miners or super fans or whatever, like getting access and revealing details of a thing that's in process being worked on. Like the the people working on it aren't ready to show anything, but then you get the details that you've been anxiously waiting for because someone essentially committed a crime. Like in this case, they I mean, someone hacked into a company that like that's a crime. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to the girl who can you could sit there and tell me, oh yeah, we went and saw this and tell me the story from beginning to end, and I'd be like, okay, cool, and I'll still go to the movie or still watch the show and still be excited about it. Like, mm-hmm. I guess for me personally, leaks don't really make a difference whether I'm excited about whatever is being released or not. But on the, I think it's a selfish thing for people to do because you have a, a, such a huge sample GTA. There might be some GTA fans out there. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to know about it. Rockstar, I don't want to know about it until it actually comes out. XYZ, I think it's maybe a little a little bit on the selfish side. Like, mm-hmm. I have this information, so I'm going to just put it out to everybody. Um, obviously, it's illegal as well. Uh, let, let's just... <laughs> It's illegal to hack into a company's servers or their private files and then release, mm-hmm. you know, information. But, I mean, for me, I, personally, it doesn't really make a difference to me if, if I'm excited about something and then someone releases a leak. I'm still going to be excited mm-hmm. about it when it actually does come out or get released. So, Okay. How, how about you, Jeff? What's your take on this being ill-gotten? Oh, man. Uh, I... Here's I'll play the other side of it. So sometimes I feel like developers might leak some stuff on their own. Something yeah, that, Kat was yeah, Cat was getting yeah. at that same point. So like they leak some stuff on their own to drum up buzz and to keep things going. Um, while the hacking is wrong, I do find that to be wrong. That is something that mm-hmm. just should not be done. Uh, we see that with a lot of like ransomware and stuff like that, which is just um, right. Yeah, uh, that happened to Cyber uh, CD Project Red. Right, not too long ago. So, like, that stuff is just wrong. But, like, before we got into the age of hacks, like, there were just leaks where people who work there would leak stuff and let stuff out and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it has a negative response on the game. I think it just, sometimes, like I said, sometimes they'll leak stuff to build up hype. And I think that's all the leaks do, um, build up hypes. Like, I have no intention of looking at it, but I heard what it is. Like, I, I read what it was. I just didn't watch the video. Um like it does give merits to i think it was supposed to be two main characters a female and a guy so Mm -hmm. the video does give merit to that situation but like at the end of the day i don't think if you're i don't think anything in this world is going to stop somebody from buying gta 6 if that's what they wanted to do Um, i think i think one thing that me personally if i was working on a game and it got leaked depending on how i feel about it i would probably be pretty pissed about it like 
This no, is- yeah, that is the general sentiment from that- the devs working. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I would be like, you know, this is something that I'm putting my blood, sweat, and tears into, essentially, you know, and we all know the timelines and the time time constraints that developers have in general in that in that industry. So when you're really trying to craft something or put something together so you can put out a product to the to sincere fans and to people who, you know, really appreciate or, you know, love your stuff for it to right. be leaked in an unfinished for it to be leaked where and when it's unfinished, I can completely empathize and understand why someone would be completely pissed off. So, um I think that's I like look at it more so from the creator's side than the mm-hmm. consumer side. Like I would be pissed if I was working on something and then someone decided to, you know, hack into whatever it is, system, you know, server, whatever it is that all my stuff and then say, hey, look what they're working on. Like, no, it's not finished. I didn't want people to see it yet. So um, from from that point of view, yeah, it's I think it's highly disrespectful, highly. um, It's just that's just honestly, it's just selfish. I think people that are hackers are extremely selfish. Right. That's now. Right. Here's my question, though, about that. If you don't mind, I wanted to get a couple uh, sentiments from the oh, the chat. Sorry, the chat. Yeah, they, <laughs> okay. were, they were chiming. Uh, in uh, Lampy said, "I think it's rather disrespectful to the people who work on it oh. to leak it before it's ready to be shown. Imagine having your own sketches or notes shown before it's ready." And the other frost says, "As a gamer, I don't care. I feel bad for developers. I don't like that data mining culture uh, that online multiplayer games have." Uh, people start to only focus on leaked patches and whine at developers 24-7 to influence patches. Um, yeah. And King's Dead says, I'd be really surprised if this wasn't an employee getting fished for access to the company Slack. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, like that's how, that, yeah, that's likely how somebody got in. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the, different different feelings in regards to like leaked information like i i kind of don't subscribe to the idea that um companies are planning like these sorts of leaks because oftentimes um like maybe they can generate buzz or get people talking about your game but oftentimes especially if it's like a leak like this in nature where like there's a lot of debug stuff and it's from like old hardware old versions or whatever right now there's a lot of people online who are looking at it and saying Oh, that's what the game looks like. This looks like trash, and don't understand that like they're working yeah. on the game. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't the game. Like this is them working on the game, and like they just they form an opinion based on like what Chad is saying, like kind of a half finished uh, draft essentially. Now, question for you, Sigma. You used to talk about how um, the reason why putting something in a centralized location was important to honestly discourage like piracy and you know um finding other ways to get or see things that you want to see now do you think the lack of communication could lead to that as well like if they were uh for video games as well because we haven't heard anything about gta 6 now but i mean whether we have a right to or not is something else but communication is another thing like they have communicated nothing about the game like no no info you know what I'm saying? If they were providing like mm-hmm. information, I don't say it needs necessarily be a trailer or something, but like some type of information where people are like, oh, okay, okay, cool, yeah, that, okay, that, or this, but or I- something. And then it would discourage people from even honestly caring about leaks. Like if I couldn't see anything, like, oh, there's no information on the game. Like right now, like, pick a game, like, I don't know, Metroid 
store or whatever. Like, we know nothing about it, all right? And mm-hmm. so some ultra, ultra, ultra fan who wants to know something about it might take it upon themselves to, you know, get it in ill-gotten ways and, oh, okay, this is what I got, and then send it send it out to everybody else, as opposed to if they were given updates, I don't say regular updates, but some type of information, people would be mm-hmm. less inclined to do something as shady as, you know, um, hack to to leak information. Okay, I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. You, you're, you're equating it, essentially, to um, some of my feelings in terms of, like, uh, piracy, in the sense that, like, if, if, if something is very difficult to obtain, like, you want to pay for something legally, mm. you want to find something, watch something legally, but, like, they've essentially made it impossible to get. In those instances, it's kind of like, all right, well, you've kind of left me no choice. Mm. I, I want to consume this content, I want to get this thing, so I'm going to find where it is, and it's, like, sitting on the internet, to download, right? Right. You're equating that to kind of like if if a company is being very hush, being very secretive about a project, does that then? I'm not saying it's open right. Them I, up. I'm saying no. no I, yeah. I get it. I get it. You're not condoning it, but you're saying like, does that then open them up to the possibility of being uh, attacked or accosted in this way because they've kind of been right uh, quiet for a long time? Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. Uh, not to say you're defending anyone, but that's that's an interesting mindset because I'm I'm sure a lot of people legitimately feel that way. They're like, if you would have just told me it was going to take place in this location, if you would have just told mm-hmm. me it was going to have these characters, then I wouldn't have gone to go see it. And it's like, why in that case? Why are you so entitled right. to this this game's information? And the other caveat: if they gave some information, would that make them less likely to? To be targeted by these type of situations. I say no. No? You think people would still... I think people are going to do whatever they want to do. So GTA 6... GTA 6 could release a gameplay video or a gameplay... Like, you know, XYZ, Mm -hmm. it's coming out this way. And someone somewhere is going to want more. Someone's always going to want more. To the Mm -hmm. point where they could release a full trailer showing you everything. (laughs) And then, oh, look... I had the game, I hacked into it, and now it's da- it's downloadable to play on here. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Man. Like, there's always going to be someone, obviously, maybe that hasn't ever happened before, but what I'm trying to say is, mm-hmm. there's always going to be somewhere, someone somewhere that's going to say, that isn't enough, I need more information. Okay. And that that's just my opinion. That's just... Human- no, I, I, I think I... Yeah, I think I, I side... Uh, like, I, I'm of the same opinion, in that... Yeah, it's, it's not going to matter, I, like, what <laughs> the devs actually tell you or not. Right. And and to just put that out there, like it is it is their prerogative whether they're going to release information or not. Like it's mm-hmm. some folks are in the chat are saying the same thing. Like it's not a public service that they're providing. Like you're you are not entitled to your video games. Like this is a product that a company is creating. Uh, yes, it's it's art. It's uh, there are creators who are behind it um, making, you know, making something that they care passionately about. But that passion, that passion, that work of art, gets packaged and sold by a company, mm-hmm. and they're and like it, that's their that's their property, mm-hmm. and you you don't just get to have it because you want it really bad. So I got that includes one. information about it. I got another one. Let's say education uh-huh. was centralized and wasn't really yeah. Well, well, like information. Let's just say where uh-huh. um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good good example. Um, <laughs> No, go ahead. I'm sorry. We just go back to the original one. So like anime, right? <laughs> Where we we want to watch this stuff. We would readily pay for it. 
Um, I, I guess this is a little bit different to where it's because it's not something we're purchasing. Now, these people who, mm-hmm. whether they're going to buy the game, if if they leak the information or not, has nothing to do with it. The question is, to me, I feel like, and, 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 and just like I said, I don't agree with what's being done. I do feel like communication on both ends should be better to help alleviate some of this. But once again, like Kat said, I agree with some people are just going to do that regardless. Like you give them a, a, a foot and they're going to take a mile or like that wasn't any, enough information for me. I need more, you know, or right. whether they're selling information to somebody else, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's corporate espionage, you know, that stuff still goes on, I would think, you know? Like hey. what, Jambly Wombly, Wobbly? Did I, did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> Jambly Wobbly. Um, they're not whistleblowers being a public service. Being in the public sector, being a civil servant myself, that's entirely correct. As a civil servant, like, it's my obligation if I see something that shouldn't be happening, I have to say something. That's a public, mm-hmm. that's a public, uh, that's an obligation I have to the public. That's so the it's not the same. Yes, I, I took an oath, um, the same oath that the um, Air Force... Navy, Marines, Army, Armed Forces, we take the same oath. So I am obligated to you, Jeff, right. Sigma, to do that. Yeah, but for yeah, video yeah, games, this is a like, like 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 Sigma <laughs> said, this is private this is private property essentially. Right. Until it so, until it's packaged and sold for us to enjoy, right? So even, no. even nowadays, even, like even, even in then, that case, yeah, even yeah, you're licensing it. You're not even owning it at that point. <laughs> Your chat is very interesting, Sigma. No, I got I got to read uh, Rails's chat. He said, "Did I did I hear that right, Jeff? You give them a foot and try to take them out. <laughs> you give them a foot and they would take them out. Like you give them a little bit. Like a, here's a slice. This is you're good. You come back, then I eat the whole pot. You know what I'm saying? So like you give people some people something and it gives them a taste and they want more and they're not okay right. with waiting for more." They'll just go on and try to uh, take it themselves. So, um, yeah. Uh, Kings of 42 with a very interesting question. Do you think these leaks slash hacks would be different if games were treated like art and would enter the public domain eventually? Though public domain slash copyrights is broken in other ways. That's, that is true, that end part. But um, that is an interesting question. Like, yeah, if, if at some point games do become for the public, would hacking and leaks of gaming information that's pending be treated any differently but i don't think they ever will because there's yeah. no money in that there's there's yeah. no money in that where where are they gonna you know am i making any sense like it would destroy um, the industry I, my, it if would. I, yeah but if I, uh, if if games could enter the public domain you mean yeah like like the are, hold on are games exempt from that law because isn't every like copyright after a certain amount of time entered in the public domain for example music i believe it's 70 years Mm-hmm. I think for music, it's like after 70 years, uh, copyright laws no longer apply. Like you can use it like music from like, for example, I can use if I were to stream 24 hours of Mozart on Twitch. Like, I mean, I don't know if anyone will want to watch that, but it's like 24. Thanks, Jeff. If I were to, you know, <laughs> 24 hours of Mozart and Tchaikovsky, like obviously that music is from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Those right. that music no longer falls under and over has copy law rights. So I, is, that, is that the question you're asking, Sigma? Like, would video games ever fall under that same? Um, yeah, and, and yeah. Rampy's uh, giving us some info in the chat here, as well as Frost. 
uh, says games can enter public domain. Public domain is just the expiration of copyright. copyright. Yeah. So what and is the, the copyright process, for uh, games? I think there's a difference between trademark and copyright law. Okay. So I wonder what the uh, what the the I guess timeline or the t- time period for a game. Yeah, would I don't. Be. Now that does just Lamp- does Lampy know that? Or is that the last time it was used? Or like it has no, for to exa- be. No, for example, let's say I have a video game, right? And then it releases, and then for the next sixty years, that it, it has copy copyright law protection. Mm-hmm. After that sixty year expired, if I were to use the content for my own personal gain, I couldn't be pros- I couldn't be sued, like gotcha. copyright law. Yeah, if I'm making uh-huh. any sense. So I'm curious. No, that makes sense. I'm curious if Lumpy knows if games have like. Yeah, Lampy is saying. Uh, I, I was right. Seventy years. Seventy years from right. publication. Cool. Okay. So yeah, the, the games industry isn't old enough for I don't think any video game to have uh, released and now be entered in the public domain. But eventually, we are going to start seeing some like it's, it's going to be like uh like Pong it might be like one of the first <laughs> games to just be ET game domain or something. ET game going to be coming soon. I'm gonna make them um, do a remake. But uh, John Luwambi, who says Disney lawyers have entered the chat, that's the thing. Yeah, there are a lot of organizations who have a lot of money to throw around who keep lobbying to circumvent right. these established copyright laws. Because they're like, making like money. Disney, on. for example. Yeah, Disney. And and they might let them. Like, honestly, they'll be like, look, we still use this. It's still our property that we created, blah, 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 blah. Like, you'll do irreparable damage to us if anyone can just do it now. And, like, they'll probably pay off, grease a couple palms, and be like, all right, fine. You can... You can have it for another seventy years, and then we'll revisit it after that or something. But I mean, I I don't know. Like I kind of agree with copyright law. Well, I I kind of feel like it's if if a company's created something and it's essentially how they make their money. Um, if they can prove that you know it'll be a detriment to their company or to their brand, that hey, if everyone can use this and everyone can make money off it, then their it no longer their company no longer serves their purpose, right? So it's like. Um, oh. I think that I agree with it. You know, that's there are certain things that are in the that should be kept in the private sector, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, it's all about money. We all know that. So, so I mean, I, I essentially I I agree with you know the fact that Pong shows you really how young the the gaming industry really is. It's a very young industry. So, um, I think what was it? I'll be. 70 years. I'll probably probably be in my 60s, 70s. I thought she said, I'll be 70 well, years old next. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, thank you. Um, no, it's it's going to be really interesting to see like that. I'm going to have to really start reading more into that. And um, Yeah, it's an interesting topic once, yeah. once this becomes yeah. a reality for a couple for titles. For sure, Weezy. It's going to be real. Uh, but is anything else we want to add on the GTA 6 stuff before we move on to our next topic? No. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Um, Bonnie Ross, head of 343 Industries, the studio created to just make more Halo after Bungie uh, left and parted ways with Microsoft, has left 343 Industries. Um, there were, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If you guys read her exit tweet, it was kind of sad. Like she said that she was leaving the company because of some uh, personal issues, like some family emergency or something. Right. Uh, and for you to have a family emergency that requires you to just completely leave. The job? Yeah, it had to be something. Yeah, a, a, yeah. a job entirely. Like seems kind of distressing, right? Um, but some of the responses online were just like, "Oh, yay, Halo is saved!" What? Because the 
because Bonnie Ross has been at the head of 343 Industries and a lot of folks have not liked a single Halo release since Bungie left the franchise. So like that's crazy. A lot of the a lot of the online sentiment is like, all right, so now there's a chance that this could get better, which I think is kind of dumb it because is. if the if the lead just leaves, who, so who's the lead now? Like the, the right. person who was next, who was also at the company probably the entire time, all the stuff was getting done that you didn't like. Right. Like you would need to wait to see if someone new was going to come in or if something's going to announce about actual, uh, I don't know, actual changes to the the company, but. Either way, like it. Let's let's ignore the family emergency portion of this. Like, what are you guys' take on how Halo has been handled uh, by Three Four Three Industries up to this point? And do you think New Blood in a management position is something that's needed for it to kind of get back on its feet? So they took over for four. Four was the the. The game four was great. Four was great. I like four. Four came out yeah. the door, and I think it was great. Five, I felt like the story suffered, but the multiplayer was was good. Um, I I a hundred percent agree. <laughs> Infinite, I think this whole shift to games to service has been another thing that has on top of that. Now that's the problem when you when they just took over Halo, they spent a, a fire Halo game their first time out. Now, you figure it would only get better, which it has in some instances. I feel like, like I said, I feel like the multiplayer got better in 5. It was good in 4. It was good in 4, but it got better in 5. Now, now though, I think they're going to have games of service on top of that. I think if mm. Halo was just a regular Halo game, you had your you had your couple maps every whenever they did it, and they spit Halo out like they normally do, I think it would have been fine. I think all the delays, I think, you know, not having couch co-op, I think all of those things would not have been an issue. I think they sh- this is their first foray into games of service. They haven't been doing the best job. They haven't been doing the worst job. The campaign for Halo Infinite was really good. The multiplayer is okay. I, I do it quite a bit. Yeah, I think it needs some work. Now, if... So, I don't think... Replacing the head is going to do anything. I think they need someone who's worked on games or services before, and they need to do more regular stuff. Cosmetics are way too expensive. Um, the content content is far and in between. The battle pass is going for way too long. Like the last one was like four mm-hmm. months or something. There's not enough new content or interesting content. The thing that you should be pushing Halo is the cosmetics, but you lock like colors behind like a paywall. Um, yeah. Like, just stuff like that. Like, we're not making the smartest decisions in those regards. Um, but, here's the thing. If Forge Mode comes out and it's what it looks like it is, like, this conversation might be neat. Like, people forget about all the wrongs. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get that. You know what I'm saying? This yeah, person did you wrong right. all your life, and all of a sudden they come and get you a million dollars. You're like, you know what? You're all right. I messes with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I know she, you know, we good. You know, we good. So, like, Forge Mode comes out, and it's going to silence a lot of stuff. Um, the, the, the choice to scrap couch co-op, even though, honestly, from what I read, it's actually available in the community. There's a way to do it. Like, it's there, and it works fine. So, I'm not sure what stopping them is, is having them pull it out, but there's a glitch where you could um have it work for couch co-op um that's very odd yeah um but (laughs) whatever so 
couch co-op to me isn't the biggest thing. There's nobody I'm gonna be playing with on my couch, but I do. That's different for different people. And my people in the house, a couple kids want to play Halo together. Like I understand that because that that was kind of how we got with Halo. Everybody wasn't playing in their house. We was like, oh, we go over to Casey's house. Let's play some Halo, some Halo Two. Let's do this. But to be fair, that was that was of the time. That's kind of, that's I miss couch. I miss couch co-op though. Right. I miss that though. But for kids, you're not gonna buy everyone. Let's say you don't buy everybody a system. You know what I'm saying? Let's say Adam had a brother or two or three or four. You know what I'm saying? All the kids in the house want to play some Halo. You know? <laughs> they gotta wait. They gotta, they gotta wait. wait. They have to wait like we, they have to wait like we did. Yep. It's fast <laughs> turn like we used to do. You know what I'm saying? Let's. Do some split screen, right? Let that come out. Let us do our thing. Um, I don't think that's a three four three thing uh, issue. Um, the biggest issue, but with mm-hmm. Forge mode coming out, I think that's going to help silence a lot of stuff. But like I said, this games of service isn't as easy as people think it is. It, it's they need some help in that regard. But I don't think her le- replacing her or her leaving is going to make the studio any better. Um, if anything, it's going to. If anything is going to negatively negatively impact, unless it was someone who was like an understudy to her or something, who knows what was going on. But somebody just coming in, a lot of times that's good. Sometimes that's bad. You know, it's a lot of times people want to start fresh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, let's start fresh. This is how I want to do things. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to have to right, be... Yeah, and that could be even more disruption right. to the... So I do think that um, 343 has done a fine job with Halo. Halo Infinite has its... It's missteps, and I think those things can be corrected. Some games we've played haven't gotten good for, came out weren't good. Took him a couple years to get it together. If, I, if I'm not, if I'm wrong, like every, everything wasn't a uh, Apex. You know what I'm saying? Like everything wasn't an Apex Legends where it came out and it was a hit from the moment that it came out. Um, yeah, that that is actually the rarity in terms of live service. Like most live service games do release in mm-hmm. some form that's like. Uh, well, I can see the bones of this. It needs a little more time. And I mean, that's the intention. They get that time and eventually they, they become something that the community really like. Like both both Destiny games mm-hmm. had that problem. Oh, this is probably the biggest live service yeah. game. It's the model that pretty much everything follows. Yeah, because when um, King's Fall came out, the, the raid with uh, Crota, what was it? Uh, I mean, not Crota, um, Oryx, the, the, the expansion for that, that completely reinvigorated the game. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with uh, Beyond Light. Like, I mean, um, not Beyond Light. That's that's coming later. Um, uh, which added stasis, stuff like that. And then now Witch Queen added more stuff, like revamping 3.0. Like, it's getting better. There's highs and there's lows. But when you come down and you stay low, that's when that becomes an issue. But um, I think... I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Jeff. No, you're okay. Um, Go ahead. So, like you said, how, like, Apex Legends was just, like, a hit from, like, season one. I think that's a great thing, but at the same time, that could be, like, you know, like, a, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. if off the rip, you've set this expectation so high, you have to keep that same, like, level, if I'm making any sense. So now I think maybe going... No, yeah, because, like, yeah, as a live service game, you got to continue. Continue. So going back to how I was like, you know, I'm not really interested. I wasn't really interested in season 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're starting to see is like it's hard. I think maybe it's hard for the you know the developers or whoever's working on Apex Legends when it comes to this live service. It's hard for them to keep up that that same level of the content that they were releasing because I didn't actually start playing Apex until I came back from overseas. Um, okay. Right, actually during COVID happened, so I started playing season six, season seven. Oh. Um, I had never played it before. I had I had actually funny that we're talking about Halo. I had stayed away from first-person shooters since Halo Reach. 
So, um, mm. which is honestly my favorite Halo game. But, um, <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was the last one Bungie made. So, <laughs> so like Halo, like the, the one that they had the most. It's my it was Halo knowledge behind. It was my favorite one. It. So, like with for like Apex, like even though off rip, they were just it was just a hit from the start. That can also be a negative thing if you really think about it, because if you're not able to keep up that same level of the you know content that you're putting out. It's, you're going to see more of an, a decline than you are, like you said, um, where these other games are releasing stuff and and putting breathing new life into the games and and things like that. So that that is an interesting question. On is is it actually better or more detrimental to kind of release a thing that garners low expectations and gets better, or a thing that is good and has to stay good? Like because because that that does seem to be difficult. I think that but everyone's going to suggest that you as the consumer. Uh-huh. Though I think that's more so us as the consumer. Whether that's like we're spoiled. Like sometimes you go into a movie and because there's things in mind that we want to happen in this movie and they don't happen. It doesn't mean that that was necessarily bad. It just didn't meet the mm-hmm. expectations that we wanted the pre-built notion of things we wanted to happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's true. But I do think there's a, maybe a different side to that. Cause like, sure you as a viewer or a player or whatever can come in with your own expectation and bias. But a lot of times, some of that expectation is set by okay. the company. Okay. Yeah, like they'll be like, hey, this is going to be this when it releases. That's Get true. ready. Yep. And then you show up and it's like, this this ain't what you promised me. <laughs> well, what do you think of developers come out hey, this is going to be kind of mediocre? Just so you know, when we release this, it's not going to be the best we've done, well, but it's but not going to be that's the when you, And this kind of goes back to the GTA thing. That's when you end up with developers who aren't talking to you because they're not ready to tell you anything. Right. And then you as the fan is like, all right, well, I'm antsy. I'm going to go in and, and find out the answers for right. myself. Or they give you something and the community starts giving like death threats and stuff like that. We've seen that as <laughs> right. well. It's like, so, I'm not talking to y'all. Like, like, you, forget y'all. Like, you, you get it when you get it. If you don't, if you don't. Right. So... Like I, I personally um, have, I, I do think three four three has been given kind of like a, they've been given a hard time. Oh yeah. In terms of like their them taking over Halo, like I, I think they have done a pretty good job storytelling wise. Yes, they have been missing the mark a little bit. Like four was okay, but five, like you said, terrible story. Um, they're regaining their footing with Infinite in terms of storytelling, but at the same time, what what is going on internally? that had that game take so long right. to the point where they finally did release something and that something they released was not finished. Like just point blank period. Oh yeah. Like the game, like there's elements in that game. The core of that game is fun. Like I really like Halo Infinite, but that game was not finished. Like all the feature sets that they were promising and talking about and wanted to put in there didn't get done. And that that's with the amount of time they had and the amount of money at their disposal as being the flagship Microsoft, uh, they had, franchise. They had to like, start over before that's, too. Sound, yeah, like that sounds yeah. like a management problem. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not pointing a finger at Bonnie Ross. Yeah. But in general, like something was going on within that studio, either the higher ups above 343 or the heads of 343 themselves, like something wasn't being managed properly. I feel like the, the game just service thing was probably a mandate because that's what and everybody, that probably, yeah, that's that, what everybody's that, trying that to do. does kind of make a little bit of sense, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, that's where the money is. We need to do a games of service. That's what we're going to do. And I think that's them getting their way around, is them getting used to doing a games of service. Um, also, they recently had layoffs, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 no. Four, three? No, I'm no, sorry, no, no. not layoffs. Um, they said the reason why they couldn't do couch co-op is because of the uh, 
they didn't have enough resources to do it. Because they, they did have a lot of staff just leave in right. general, right? Like, yeah, like there's been a lot of churn at 343 over the past couple of months. Like, Bonnie Ross is only the latest right. kind of notable person to actually leave that team. So, again, like, yeah, like what you're saying might be true that um, there was some sort of mandate that came from the higher ups that said, like, hey, Halo has to be a live service like these other things, make it happen. And, like, maybe that has, you know, sort of muddied what their plans were because they maybe need to retool some stuff to make it fit that model. And that maybe wasn't the original objective because the last two games before that were not live service games. Right. They were just, you know, multiplayer suites with a big bombastic single player campaign. So like that, there, there could be a lot of truth to that uh, idea. Um, but if there's anything left to add to Halo, let me know. Otherwise, we're going to move over to our final topic. Yeah, we all, we all good? We all good. Um. Virtual influencers. Ooh. This is this is a topic that came up uh, a while ago. Like I, I saw a CNN news story, and then got wind of another story about uh, a virtual rapper named uh, FN Mecca. I don't know if you, anyone in chat has heard about this story because I only heard about it after the backlash. Like I didn't hear about this when it was happening. But essentially, what a virtual influencer is is think of any Instagram, Twitter, social media influencer, but a company essentially controls like a very realistic or not realistic avatar version mm -hmm. of a person who then produces content, uh, features in ads, uh, whatever it is, but is controlled by a team and is like maybe voice acted by an actor or something as opposed to an actual person that you follow as an influencer. This has become extremely popular in countries like uh, South Korea, but it happens everywhere. And this FN Mecca situation was literally Capitol Records signed a virtual rapper to a record deal and were planning to release albums and, and merchandise and stuff <laughs> before uh some some controversy which we'll get into in a little bit but like what what are you guys first impressions when you hear the term virtual influencer and like and as this as a concept like is this sort of like an intriguing thing to you kind of a off-putting thing like it's i'm sorry jeff were you gonna say something no, no i'll let you go first um i think it's i mean it make it kind of makes sense for advertising purposes, but at the same time, I think it's a little off putting for me at least. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's being it's I, I guess with curated be the correct term, like someone at this company is obviously controlling. You know what this AI is, you know, posting or where they're gonna be at for the day, or you know, mm -hmm. look what I like, look what I ate today. No, you didn't really eat that. You're, you're an AI. Like, right. <laughs> look at the yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff that really does me one You're like oh one like i guess on the in the article that you sent a sigma there's a, p a picture of the one from south korea one of them from south korea she's like you know beautiful night in singapore and she has like a glass of wine like but you're not really drinking that wine so obviously yeah, you're not really in singapore you're really not really in singapore <laughs> so it's for me it's just a little off-putting because um you know they're catering to like humans so it's just kind of like mm. it's just really it's weird bottom line to me i think to use but then again I mean, because they're just using CGI, right? Like, they're, yeah. yeah, they're essentially, and I might say by off those pictures, they're pushing CGI to like its full power with the, some of these AIs that they're using. It's pretty impressive. But I just think it's a little weird, to be honest, that they're using a fake person to cater to, to advertise to real people for actual products that we will use in life. I think it's just odd. I think it's just really weird. Um, to, to follow that up, King's Dead Forty Two says, "If it's transparent, it feels okay. Right. There's plenty of fake people that are just creations of companies. So, like, yeah, like 
is there really a difference between kind of a AI person sitting in a hotel that's been comped and drinking wine and telling you that is great in Singapore versus an AI that's doing literally the same thing? For me, I think it, it's certain. Well, not for me, but like I could see where you might have a an impressionable youth who wants to look like that person, and mm-hmm. those looks might not be realistic based off of that character not being a real person. Um, I could see that part of it, um, and also whoever's behind said uh, influencer and what type of things they are portraying you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um let's say it was someone who was doing i don't know uh had an asian um avatar and were you know portraying himself as this asian avatar and they're just some some regular old smo who's obviously not asian um doing the voice and so stuff like that or whatever it is um that's where that starts to become a little different. That's kind of like, to me, in some instances, that might be like wearing blackface. You know what I'm saying? That That's literally the situation that occurred with the FN Mecca the, situation. Yeah, it was, they, it's labeled digital blackface. Like, it was a black man, but I think the rapper was like his, like Hispanic <laughs> or, or white. So it's like, the that's it was a black true. man doing the rapping, the voices, and all that other stuff. So I think it's just... And, re- go ahead, I'm the, sorry. The stuff that was commissioned for this this fake rapper were you know gangbanger lyrics that had use of the n-word etc yeah so the the fact that this was like backed by like a company and a corporation like it, like it really is like okay so just this this facade of this image you think it's okay to co-opt and portray you know a culture or a persona or whatever like when and, i no go ahead like when I first saw the AI, first of all, it was horrible AI. Like in comparison to the virtual the virtual influencers that Korea has, this FN character looked horrible in my opinion. Then yeah, and then and then like <laughs> he reminded me of what's that dude's name? Teriyaki sixty nine. That's his name. Oh, right? uh, Takashi oh, sixty nine. No, yeah. I I yeah I know. <laughs> yeah, like he <laughs> he, he reminded me of like him like. The most stereotypical, ignorant, just out of all, like, okay, virtu- you've won a virtual rapper, cool. But out of all the examples that you could have done, out of all the examples of rappers that you could have had, that's what you decided to go with. Like you it, are a multi million dollar corporation, <laughs> record label, whatever you want to call yourself. And that's what you thought would be appealing to the masses. Like, <coughs> oh, it's geez. just. Well, to, to, to clarify just a little bit. Like Capitol Records didn't create FN Mecca, they just signed it. But but I would think if I'm if I'm on sitting on a board, right? Like, hey, we have this. We're gonna you know we're gonna uh-huh. venture, right? And I, obviously mm. they signed him. Obviously they saw what he looked like before they said, okay, right. we're gonna go ahead and go with this. So you're right. telling me that someone sitting, oh yeah, this is great. This is great. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and go with this. Like it's, it's so telling. Like it, it 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 literally tells you how these companies actually see that community, how they see that that. Uh, like they 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 look at rappers as products. Like that big, ugly caricature in FN Mecca is what actual rappers look like to them. That's why they didn't see it as a problem when it was presented to them. They're like, oh, this thing has a following. Oh, we can control what this thing does, as opposed to like you know having to deal with an actual human who could, you know, p- 
and that was a lot of the uh, justification for the the South Korean influencer AI influencer as well. Is that like it's free from controversy because the company can basically control everything they do. So it's like it's it's a perfect deal for these companies to have fake people advertise all their products to them, but like we as consumers, like we we have we are guilty of eating up a lot of this fake content because it appeals to us one way or another. Like that that FN Mecca abomination. I don't know who because I'd never heard of it until this backlash. So I'm not sure what or who it was appealing to to get to that point beforehand. But it wasn't. It definitely wasn't like black people. <laughs> I like it could. It had been. to have been. It had to have been like you know the same consumers of like. I mean, music is music. I mean, as a consumer of music, someone who loves music, you know. Even if I don't like a certain artist's music, if it appeals to someone, then it's it's serving its purpose. So, like, even mm-hmm. if I may not agree or I don't like, for example, I cannot stand Future. I cannot stand him as a rapper. I can't stand him. Yeah, however, <laughs> however, you know, he has such a following or such a fan base that obviously True. his his music is appealing to someone. So is his music right. doing it, it's it's music. It's serving its purpose, whether it makes someone sap, happy, sad, motivated, pissed off, whatever you want to say. So obviously. I can't say that, oh, it's horrible. It appeals to someone, okay, you do you. But I feel like this effing Mecca guy, it had to have been the same category of the people that like the, what's it, YBA Young Boy and Blueface mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. all these, um, uh, what's, these, uh, these, Trippy uh, Red. Rapper yeah, tri- Trippy, Trippy Red, all these other rappers in that category of rap. Like, you know, why couldn't they have gone with, an AI that's emulated after J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar or um, Big Crit or, you know, all these other rappers that that's the type of rap that I like. But, you know, they decided to go with that. So it's like they were probably appealing to the younger, like. Yeah, I mean, because who, who who would eat this sort of stuff? Up? Yeah. Like, it, it wouldn't be a more mature consumer. You no, know, like, it, it would be a, a younger one who's, like, obsessed with TikTok. And I know we're, we're all sounding like super old uh, geezers at this point. <laughs> so I was like, all oh, these, these dang kids and their conflabbit contraptions or whatever. And but, their cartoons. But, like, you know, in all honesty, like, they're, to me, as a parent and as an old man, yeah. there does appear to be a danger in this Absolutely. sort of advertising, in this Absolutely. sort of straight up manipulation. Because at the very least, uh, when you do have like a person who is kind of at the corporate whim, there's still like a conscience and a soul in there. And at some point, it could get to be too much. At some point, they could maybe have a, a crisis of conscience and be like, hold up, am I advertising like poison to young children? Right. And then kind of speak out against it. Or at some point after they've done their job, they can be free and released to speak plainly about kind of what had happened in the past. And then you can learn what what happened, what was real, what wasn't real, stuff like that. Like this just hides everything behind the whims of corporation. Because even though actual people work at a bunch of companies, uh, a lot of times because there are so many and they're just all working towards achieving an agenda for a company – it becomes completely dehumanized. Like they just need to hit those bottom lines. So all they do is move the levers and pull the figures so that they do what they need to do for those shareholders and all morals go out the window. And that's how you end up with FN Mecca being signed at Capitol Records. And, and the, the only reason they dropped them was because a bunch of people noticed. Like Capitol Records was like, hey, this is a thing we're gonna try to do. And a bunch of people was like, no, uh-uh, stop it. Yeah. Absolutely not. So they were like, all right, we'll drop it. 
So for now, <laughs> the someone in your comments, Sigma made a really good point. Uh-huh. Other Frost says, I think corporations have a hard time separating spectacle. It's like Morbius. The laughing at you, not with you numbers just look like numbers. Right. And at the, right. at the end of the day, it's like, okay, if, which is very true. Like, you know, if I can make back something, regardless of whether it's positive or negative feedback, then I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. so for me, like as a, like you said, like as a parent, you know, this is, this could, this, we're going into dangerous territory when it comes to these, you know, AIs and what they're, or even not even just, just social media to begin with. I think, you know, what's being advertised to children, you know, and parent people say, well, it's your child, you know, you should control. Yeah. At the end of the day, yes, it is a parent's responsibility, but children, whether you really, it's around them everywhere. It's out. There's some things that I think are out of, of a parent's, uh, you know, a parent's control, what their child sees and what their child doesn't see. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're a good parent, yes, you're paying attention to what your child's watching. But at the same time, you're not controlling. Every no, exactly. Exactly. No, yeah, no, exactly. You know? so, so it's so, like you, you can do your best as a parent. You know, I the guidelines or whatever, however it is you want to protect your child. But at the end of the day, somehow, some way information is still going to they're still going to see something. So I think it's like I just think it's a really weird territory to be entering uh, artificial you know, influencers. I think it's, I think it's weird. And, and it's like, like, this is, this is kind of the beginning. Like it's already a thing. Yeah. Like, so and, and in that vein, since it's a thing that does appear to be working, which is why they keep doing it. I don't think it's going to go away. <laughs> like we're like, we're not going to see the last of an attempt to make like the thing, like these, these companies, like they pay attention, they pay people to pay attention. So like, Yes, this this F. And I know chat was a little confused. F N, like the letters F N, and then Mecca M E K A. That's this guy. If you want to look him up, whatever whatever the, the thing is, if you want to look it up, that's how you spell it. Like so, maybe that one didn't work, but maybe someone will, will get wind of this podcast and they'll listen to what Cat said. Of like, oh, J Cole would be a better version of this. All right, and then the next one that comes out is m- much more conscious. Like it's appealing to the the woke generation and stuff like that because they can still sell those people products like that's how they look at it as like they don't care about the messaging they don't care about the music all they care about is like this thing can get eyes on it and then sell the the comp sell the products of the companies that are paying us to do that for them so like this won't be the last of it at some point it's gonna become a norm the question is like how will the world react to that like will it become like noise like radio ads (laughs) a thing that you don't actually pay attention to anymore but still exists or will it be kind of just will it actually replace any and everything authentic in the world not that the internet is authentic but you know i think i feel like you know what i'm saying yeah i think it's like you know i guess me saying that i think it's just really odd i think it's just like you know i'm obviously a grown adult so i know you know what you for a really long time i stayed off of social media because i kind of felt like it was just a little too much but as Mm -hmm. as a grown adult i think it's you know if I see something that I just don't like, it just, and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, algorithms play a really big part, obviously, into what people see. Like, for example, I've been really into, like, uh, like crafting and stuff. So I've noticed, like, on my Explore page, on my Instagram, which directly feeds into my feed on Facebook now, all stuff crafting. So it's, like, it's it's just a really interesting time to be living in when it comes to people live their lives in their screen. People live their lives through their phones. Sure. Um, so um, with... AI influences, or I think it's just going to add another element to that, to that lifestyle that people are essentially already, you know, living. Just, okay. another, I mean, la- just another layer, just another component. 
right? Because like, because I can't even lie. Like, I I do find this despicable, but like, if like advertising works on me when it, when it satisfies a need that I have. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. looking for a specific component or I want to try a new food or whatever, right? If it's a if it's a fake thing that says like, hey, try this burger at Burgerland. If the burger looks good, like I don't care if, right. the, <laughs> if the thing is an AI, right? I'm like, all right, well, I guess now that I know about it, I'll go check the thing out. So like, it, it we, we can't fine. really escape it. I just and I think that's uh-huh. fine, but I think it's depending on what the product that, that's being sold or, the, or what they're trying to convey. Right? I think, yeah, it's like how I guess they're planning to use yes, this sort of tech. And, yeah, like especially for you know young women when it comes to like, like in the article that you sent us about you know, beauty standards in, you know, in Korea and Asia are a lot different than beauty mm-hmm. standards here. Um, d- even during my own experiences, um, living overseas in China, like, you know, I'm five foot 11, I'm a woman of color and I have curly, curly hair. I wasn't considered like the beauty standard there. Um, you know, I'm cur- I was curvier than most there. So it's like, you know, but in their, in their world, that's considered overweight or fat. So, um, the beauty that could be a really big issue, especially um, considering when like who, a team of men can control the image of yes, right, it's, it's, a, right. it's a man essentially controlling the view of what he point. thinks a woman should look like. For example, I think it's Nigeria; they've banned all models from foreign countries. Right? Yeah. So it's very like, recently. So I think you know that's telling you they're thinking consciously about the people of their country. Like you know, no. And I think that will also put major brands into, for example, if there's products going into Nigeria or they want to sell things in Nigeria, if a major brand like it's Chanel, Louis Vuitton, um, you know, all these designers and all these other stuff, obviously, if you're going to want to sell products in their country, you're going to have to cater to specific right, right. country. Like yes. I, to clarify the thing you just mentioned, like yeah, Nigeria just passed a law that any advertisers um, – from outside the country have to use models from inside the country. So like right. you can't like advertise to the people of a certain country with a bunch of imagery of people from elsewhere who don't look like them. And also keeps their models in business. That just makes sense. Exactly. Like, really exactly. Yeah. It keeps that um so I think that's gonna put a lot of companies to the point where I think that's honestly I think that's really cool. Like hey if you wanna advertise if you wanna advertise stuff in our country, you have yeah. to use people from our country to advertise it. So um that kind of just all kind of just folds in together about the influence that, you know, advertising really, really has. So with these, for example, if someone wants to start using these AIs from, you know, like, oh, we're going to use an AI to advertise something in Nigeria. It may be something along the lines of, okay, where the AI needs to be emulated as it's someone from Nigeria, someone who looks like they're from Nigeria. It can't be a Korean AI or can it be a uh, a Caucasian AI? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to use a AI to advertise to people in Nigeria, it needs to look like someone from Nigeria. So that then you go into and then, that. And then that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Because that's a like, whole other at thing, that point, yeah. Who then decides and who uh, puts input into like, right. oh, that's an authentic Nigerian when yes. they're creating something that essentially does not exist. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> so it's it's really interesting to see, to see um, where this is all gonna lead. You know, who knows where it's gonna be even five years from now. So, uh, Honey Money saying, depending on the size of the market, I wonder if that couldn't backfire. What the the stipulation in terms of uh, modeling and marketing too? Yeah. But backfire in, in what way? In that, uh, what, that they just don't get advertised to? That's a big or chunk of it, money they'd be missing out on. 
Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I guess in that case, yeah, he said yes, only using models from within the country. Yeah, I guess it, it does depend, I guess, on the size of that company. If it's if it's a smaller company, maybe they couldn't afford to. But I mean, honestly, if you're a company who can afford to advertise abroad in that way, because mm-hmm. I'm assuming like this is this is stuff that runs on like TV, not like not like they have like a filter on their internet for advertising, whatever, right? But like stuff that runs on Nigerian channels, like yeah, those models have to also be Nigerians. Like that's that's what this is hitting. So, but my thing is if like you have the resources to do that in the first place, then yeah, just hire people. From that company exactly. To, to like that if, if you're coming to me and saying, hey, we want to advertise this XYZ, then why couldn't you afford to use people from Nigeria? And and if and if you can't, or then that kind of that kind of speaks to the company's morals and, and their values. Like if they don't care to advertise or sell to this country because they can't be bothered to represent or show representation from that actual country, then the country's probably better off, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> They're probably good. better off not mm-hmm. having access to your product, Ben. But that's that's my two cents. Oh, yeah. Um, anything else on this topic? And I'm sure we'll get other instances. So this may not be the last time something like this pops up because this is only the beginning of this sort of thing. But uh, any anything else you want to add, Jeff? Cat? No. No. All right then. That's going to bring us to the end uh. of episode seventy-eight. Thanks everybody so much for joining us, uh, Jeff. Why don't you let folks know what? you've been or what you will be up to and where they can find you uh so it's monday tomorrow day after today i will be doing some multiverses monday come through come play some matches come watch um i'll probably be giving uh, gizmo a try i haven't i'll play him a little bit but not much you get to see what he's all about yeah, i haven't even seen gameplay of him yet he's pretty cool guy he uses a little bow he got a little car he got some pretty some pretty cool moves he uses music he's he a, did use a bow in that movie yeah he's a support character so that's gonna be pretty interesting um and then I'll be on later today with Sigma for Super Smash Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Yep, yep. Uh, Kat, how about you? What do you have coming up, if anything? Um, and where can folks find you? They can find me on um, pretty much Facebook and Instagram. I reactivated my Facebook after almost a, I want to say almost a year. Mm. Um, so they can find me, honestly, primarily on Instagram. It's the same as my, I don't know if it's at. Below me, you can find me. That that's my um, Instagram handle and my Twitter handle. So it's the same all across the board. That's also my Twitch. I um, unfortunately won't be streaming for a while. Um, my job is just extremely. Um, it's no, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, and I'm really excited. It's my dream filled. I am just beyond excited. But unfortunately, gaming is going to have to take a backseat for the next few months because. Um, it's just really imperative that I get to know my job. So, um, but as far there. as you can catch me in the open party Discord all the time, come through. Hey, come so through. I'm always on their, I'm always um, popping in on their streams and um, on the Discord. So, uh, the fighting channel on Discord has been, you know, my Xbox is in storage, so they've been egging me to get my Xbox out so we can play Tekken together because I play Tekken on PS, um, PlayStation, and on Xbox, but. Um, I haven't been playing, so I, I might you might find me in the the fighting channel on the Open Party Discord. Nice. Jeff Stills owes me a match. He's been do- he's been dodging yeah. me. Jeff, I'll see you. Superman I'll see Jeff. You. I'll see you on Tekken Eight or Street Fighter Six. <laughs> well, send me that PS Five and oh, it's a deal. So. <laughs> but yeah, you can catch oh, me yeah, on yeah, Twitter I mean, and Instagram. Is it even coming out on Xbox? That's a good question. What? Which is? 
Tekken eight. Yeah, is that a was oh, that yeah. PlayStation? No, yeah, that, that's confirmed. Oh yeah, Tekken out. Tekken is is always um, they're always released pretty much on on all of them. They're not exclusive to PlayStation. Good. Uh, so, thank you guys. As for me, you can find me at Sigma Gears Nine right here on Twitch as well as Twitter, where I usually will just post that I'm going live either here or there on Escapist, Open Party, wherever I'm at. Um, we will, like Jeff said, be doing Super Smash Sunday on the Ooh. Open Party channel, 2.30 p.m. Eastern after this stream, so uh, roughly two hours from now. Ooh. Over there, do, so follow I, that channel if you're not already. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I know we're doing our, your, your outro, but did anyone see that tweet from Jordan Pill with Kojima? How they had a yes, like, yes, meeting. Yes, yeah, like, that just popped in my head. Out. <laughs> so, so like Very apparently, random. like Hiro Kojima, which I love because I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. Um, mm-hmm. He had a Zoom call with Jordan Pill. So, I'm really interesting to see what that was about. Like, if anything will ever come from that. Like, it's just really interesting. Can you imagine, like, that type of game? I feel like it would be some type of horror, like. Well, the ru- the rumors around his next project is one that it's uh, something in partnership with Microsoft, and two that it is a horror thing. So it so, makes sense that yeah, he it kind of does make sense that maybe he's consulting or talking with Jordan Peele for either maybe some some writing, maybe just to get some advice because Kojima does his podcast now. He just be talking to people. <laughs> so so maybe it's just for that. Maybe he just That's did true, a podcast yeah. and and, yeah, and maybe, talk maybe to something will come from that. Like maybe something will like you said he'll maybe be a consultant for Kojima when it com- comes to that game. So yeah, I, was, I, I thought that was just really I just like totally popped into my head when I was when you were talking. Oh yeah, that that, so, that uh, was a thing that happened. It almost felt like right. a, a dream. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it uh, for me as well. Um, so once again, thanks to my two hosts for today. Thanks to everybody in chat for uh, chiming in. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace.